Nicest restaurant in my hometown. You don't think always. Chef's mad at me, right? For the scallop thing? You don't have to call him Chef Tyler. I'm pretty sure he doesn't even know about your existence. I, I kind of want him to. Like you? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Tyler, you're the customer. You're paying him to serve you. Doesn't really matter whether he likes you or not. Right. Wait, what is that? Mm, no, I'm... Relax, just eat your rock. Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. And this week we are doing a relatively new release. Came out end of last year, like November-ish. Um, and it hit the streaming services recently. And there's been lots of buzz about it. Um, and there's like just a lot to discuss in general. I remember seeing this movie in theater. I was like, wow, much to think about afterwards. Um, so this is a fun one, but also maybe a little bit of a thinky. Um, it is 2022's The Menu, starring Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, Voldemort himself, Ralph Fiennes, etc., um mm-hmm. it's got quite the cast and crew um I saw it in theaters in like December I think had you guys seen it before we started watching it for this episode yes I saw it the weekend it came out because you know me as a trailer girly I saw the mm-hmm. trailer for this movie like over the summer or whatever and I was like holy fucking shit this is gonna be so good um and for me it it held up to my high 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 expectations i raw dogged this movie uh i had never seen it before i didn't i'd seen the trailer but i didn't have like any clue what it was gonna be like Mm -hmm. part i kind of was figuring it was gonna be like another cannibalism movie you know because like could have gone that way could have gone could have easily (laughs) gone that way for cannibalism i guess Uh, it would have fit with the 2022 theme of cannibalism Uh (laughs) uh-huh we love that theme what's not to love about that theme and honestly i feel like a little gypped that i didn't get not even a nibble of cannibalism in this movie you know sure yeah like a little bit I would argue, you know, there was some metaphorical cannibalism at points, you know, like there's a part where um, a, a stabbed with a little scissors dish is being served and they're like, I also stabbed someone with scissors. So it's kind of like you're eating the chef's dad's thigh at one point, you know, if you think about it. I don't know. I do know. That in some countries they take like the chicken feet and they suck all the bone marrow out and it is a delicacy. And they did have a chopped finger like right there. I'm just saying they could and have nobody been, like, sucked on it. And disgusting. nobody sucked on that little high delicacy. Ew. Ew. <laughs> that is such a missed opportunity. It honestly. was a missed opportunity. Marin you know, like, from Bones and All would never have let that slip away from her. Would have never. 
No, it's funny that you say that though, uh, Sydney, because like I read this really great um, New York Times article that was like doing a compare, not really compare contrast, but just bringing up Fresh, which we did last year, which is a cannibalism movie and this movie and like how they're kind of like eat the rich movies um because like in fresh as you recall it's like the one percent of the one percent that like eats these women <laughs> can afford to do cannibalism can afford sure. to do that and that's a similar type of thing here this is this the menu takes place at this restaurant called hawthorne which is on an island off the coast of where are we in california i don't fucking know I don't know. It's not for me to know. It seems kind of East Coasty. I don't yeah, know. I didn't get California vibes for sure. And I they filmed parts California of it in vibes. Georgia. Not that I think yeah. it was in Georgia, but I feel like Cape Cod is that Cape Cod? It's giving that's East Coast. Martha's Vineyard. It's giving that's what East I'm... Coast. Yeah, East Coast Hampton? deserted island kind of thing. I don't know. I don't go there, so I can't tell you for sure. I'm a one. It's not my business. Bread. Yeah, I have not. I've been in New York three times. And two of those times I was a toddler, so I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, it's like this super, super upper echelon experience. It costs one thousand like two hundred fifty dollars per head to go have this experience. So it's definitely critiquing like the mega, 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 super rich and their weird, 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 like fetishistic look at food in general. Um, so I think that was really it's like a good pairing those two movies mm-hmm. but a great movie night that would be a big thinky <laughs> and a few laughs in between too <laughs> yeah I mean okay Monica gave you a pretty good overview about parts of this if you haven't seen the menu yet but if you haven't and you've decided to listen to this anyway which okay sure um I will read you the IMDb logline maybe give you a little bit more of a gist of what you're getting into um it reads A young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Um, So I would say, actually, Monica kind of already covered all of it. (laughs) She actually She gave you you more details. Yeah. um, But setting up the premise here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to tell people what they're listening to. Um, But I think... um, you know, it it really does dive right in. Um, but just one thing that I want to say that I think is so interesting um, is I saw a tweet about this a billion years ago. The very first shot of this movie is like stock footage. Like they purchased it from like Getty stock images or whatever with like the cigarette being lit. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. They just couldn't get the shot right. Or they already filmed everything and then like we can't get Anya back. To light a cigarette (laughs) right now. She's booked and busy. (laughs) She is booked and busy. She's off doing all kinds of shit. Yeah, she's doing wild shit all the time. Um, I think the really strong suit of this movie is like the ensemble cast. Like, I think that like it's really, really well balanced. Mm -hmm. Like, because we've got so many like recognizable people in this. Um. But I just was reading this like fun facts about the menu article, of course. Um, I love fun facts. Emma Stone was going to be Margot at first. I can see that. I can totally see that, too. But I'm kind of glad that it's Anya Taylor-Joy because like she's so like um, putting in this. And Emma is always so like, hee hee. You know what I mean? Um. (laughs) <laughs> she can play it serious, but she's got that like like um 
kind of a rubbery little face yeah kind of look and stuff and like I just love like Anya's like no bullshit like I'm not amused by this expression the entire time like so bored and so I don't I yeah I think it's really good that they had Anya instead um and I guess we'll talk about the all the cast changes now we've all heard about how Daniel Radcliffe was gonna play himself in this movie right uh, oh my no. god I think I had heard that and then I forgot about it but I'm yes. so glad you brought it up because it's he, what a wonderful little gift he was going to play the character that pause for dramatic effects because I don't want to say his name wrong John, John Leguizamo Legu- yeah whoa how did you say it <laughs> John Leguizamo <laughs> Yeah, John Leguizamo. Um, oh, he just plays movie star. That's his ty- That's his <laughs> character's name. That's so funny that they never say his name. No, they do say his name. Oh, they do? Okay, well, IMDb, update your shit. Update <laughs> well, your shit right now. He was listed, this is part of on IMDb trivia. Um, His name is something like George Diaz and like his fake name that oh, he I gives that. is something like Damien Garcia. But in the script, it just says the actor. Um. Oh. Which is kind of an interesting little part about it. Yeah. See, at first when I heard the Daniel Radcliffe news, I was like, oh, that would have been hilarious because I love Daniel Radcliffe. He's such a freak. He takes freak roles all the time. I love him he so much. He is a little freak. Um, love him. He's a little freak. I met him one time. He's so little. And he was very nice. Oh, it was a great day. I was wearing a shirt with like Nan cats all over it. Very embarrassing. Mortifying. I'll put it on the story for the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, he, but I didn't think about this at all. I was just thinking about how, like, it would have been weird if, like, the actor was, like, actually a real actor that is somewhat likable because, like, when it's, like, this John, John's character that's, like, some fake actor, you know, you can be, mm-hmm. like, you can imagine just how much of a douche canoe he is to make it, um, so he deserves to die, you know what I mean? Um, but Daniel, I would never want that to happen to him. But yeah. also, Ralph Fiennes is Voldemort. And would yeah. we be thinking oh about God, that the whole time? so good. I feel like I it mean, would have been distracting. Yeah, I think it would have been distracting. Um, I think that it would... Daniel Radcliffe loves to do like a little bit and do something a little fun and freaky. Um, So I think he would have had fun with it and he would have done something cool and interesting I feel like he would love to play himself like to the nth degree you know what I mean yeah but also I feel like it doesn't quite fit what is being asked of that role which is like that I mean I don't want to get too into the the point of why he was there necessarily just yet um but I I think everybody loves Dana Radcliffe and nobody would put him in such a position. Um, the point is that this guy sucks. You know what I mean? And that this guy yeah. is like doing things for money, which Daniel Radcliffe doesn't do. He got all of his money and now he only does weird little freaky shit for love of the art. He does guns akimbo. He's the opposite the of Swiss the Swiss army man. Yeah. Okay, but also would have been funny because his assistant that he's with um, mm-hmm. we do get the little weird tidbit that she went to Brown, and we all know that Emma Watson, oh, Emma Watson, Hermione Granger, did go to Brown. Wow, <laughs> the layers. The okay. layers. There's layers. Last week to this it was shit. Twilight. This week it's <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, amazing. Well, Ralphie's is literally right there. How are we supposed to not acknowledge it? You know what I mean? 
I think that they do such a good job of like doing his makeup in Harry Potter that like I didn't realize that it was Ralph Fiennes for like years. I like just never yeah. thought about who played. I was a child, okay? Mm-hmm. I was a child. And so I didn't think about the incredible actor behind the no-nosed Voldemort, okay? And it wasn't until like years later I was watching some like incredible Ralph Fiennes movie. I was looking at his eyes and I was like, his eyes. His eyes. I've so seen those eyes. Through my whole childhood, I've seen those eyes. And I was like, oh, okay. Figured it out. (laughs) Now I know where they're from. Whoopsies. (laughs) But yeah, I think they do like such a stunning job of like setting up who these characters are like from from the get-go. I think the first time I watched this movie, I did not notice like the tense eye eye contact that – Margot makes with Richard, the older man, the husband, um, mm-hmm. right as they get on the boat. Um, and so they did a good job of, of of setting up some tension there throughout, but it just was um, completely oblivious to it the first time around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they do like there's so, this is one of those movies where they thought everything out. Like they thought it out to the nth degree. So like, you learn who these characters are in the little like quiet babble that they're like the different characters are talking on the boat and it's not the focus of the scene but you can hear it in the background and you can just hear them say the most like inane fucking like rich people shit ever like especially the the, um business bros um who i love they are so (laughs) funny just like everything that they say to each other is such a fucking caricature and it's so spot on it's iconic but also we all know men like that oh yeah 100 percent. also i love arturo castro i love him I've yes seen him in from a bunch of city stuff. oh yeah oh my god okay he also i think was in that horrible movie that we all watched together suburban gothic sorry matthew <laughs> yeah i apologize but also he deserved it so he was in that, wasn't he? Truly, <laughs> no clue. Looking at his IMDb now, but couldn't tell you because I I stopped he watching that a, movie. Pretty sure he was in that. Pretty sure he was in that, and I loved him in it. <laughs> Another fun Broad City reference in this movie is we have uh, Judith Light in this movie, and if you know the fun Broad City Judith Light episode, where it's true. Uh, <laughs> A lot of like dog sitting, and they're like, "Oh my god, this dog looks just like Judith Light." I do oh think about god. that every time I think about Judith Light. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I mean, she is an like a known celebrity, like bringing in Ralphians. He's known, like Paul Adelstein. Janet McTeer, I couldn't necessarily tell you other things that they've been in, but they're recognizable to me for sure. Like a lot of these faces are faces that you know at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicholas Holt, of course, is like famous for playing assholes at this point. Um, oh my God, he's so good at it. He's so good at he it. Is. He's so good at it. This one was um, so, oh, it's so, yeah. subtle. not subtle really, but like just the little things that he does that are so disrespectful to Margot. Oh my God. When he fucking slaps her hand, yes, I'm like, yep. I'm gonna fucking light you on fire. The whole cigarette thing too, where he like makes her stub out her cigarette from the first second. Like they did, like just from that very first moment, you're like, I know who you are, you controlling piece of shit. 
Like, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, it's a little complicated because um, when you think that maybe they're a real couple at first, you're kind of trying to like get a sense of the dynamics and it's like, okay, like sometimes your partner's being super obnoxious, annoying, and you're just like, whatever, like I love them and so I'll roll with it or like, yeah, maybe they were a little rude to me about one thing, but like the slapping the hand, that to me was like unconscionable. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he called her a child, like yeah, un- oh, for unacceptable. Sure. But How like in the buildup still, um, when it was like just the cigarette, I was like, okay. And when it's like, he's like, oh, I didn't go to prom. And she's like, why not? And he's like, none of the cool girls said yes, like you did. And she's like, well, fuck those bitches. Like, you know, I mean- the the guys who are like no none of the cool girls wanted me it's like okay well you know sorry but the cool they didn't have to go with you um <laughs> but like the the way they built up their back and forth made him be like okay maybe he is a little likable if she likes him like maybe there's something to like here and I'm like waiting to see it um but yeah you know, and just maybe kept he's getting just worse. passionate you know he's passionate about being a foodie and he's at really first excited. you're like that's annoying but we love we love to love things we love to have our little thing that's our thing um but then we realized that it's gone much beyond that <laughs> yeah I mean, he's cool with her jokes at first. Like, she's like, oh, they gel. And and Hong Chao was like, we gel, like Elsa. Um, And he's like, okay with it. And there's that moment where she's like, is it fine that I'm, like, not as into this as you are? And he's like, yeah, that's totally fine. Um, Although, obviously, you know, he demonstrates later that it is not fine not at fine a billion at different points. Um, But, you know, there's there's those moments where you're kind of like, okay, you're just, like, feeling it out. But, man, it goes off the rails totally goes off the rails the thing with this movie that I really really loved and like that's why I really enjoyed researching it this morning was just like seeing how deep they went to make this look as perfect as it looked because like one thing about this movie that I love is how stylistic it is like it's just the shots of the nature the shots of the food the shots of everything are so beautiful and like the whole setup for the movie is it's like a menu so it's called the menu like it's you you get text on the screen that describes each dish and like has a little shot of each dish and like they went fucking all out on this like they had a literal like three michelin star restaurant chef doing all of the food for this movie her name's dominique Crenn. her restaurant is oh. atelier Crenn in san francisco she is a huge deal in the food world and um apparently like a lot of these dishes that are served are literally dishes that are served at that restaurant so maybe not the scissors in the chicken or whatever <laughs> but like i think probably the amuse bouche which is that those little like bead things with the crunchy thing on top and the snow oh, the cucumber I think. melon with the yeah. charred lace the charred lace yes mm-hmm. i think that that definitely what it could have been one the island the one with the one scallop on top that's based off of <laughs> a, a real thing that people serve at a different fancy restaurant can't the name escapes me at this time um and there's even like some like viral tweet like recently that was like can these fancy restaurants stop serving food on a rock please (laughs) (laughs) so like they really did their research to make it true to life and that's like even 
more on the nose because their second unit director for this movie was David Gelb, who is the creator of Chef's Table. And so they specifically, yeah, shot all the shots to look exactly like Chef's Table. And I had never watched Chef's Table. I just watched some of it this morning to familiarize with myself and like, yeah, <laughs> fucking on. Isn't also one of the writers, doesn't he also work for The Onion? Yes. One of the writers works oh, for The Onion. Yeah. Well, satire experts. I mean, there you go. They got that satire down. Yeah, there's a really fun article that Bon Appetit did. That's another thing that's really fun. Like a lot of like the food, uh, like network, like what am I trying to say? Publications. Thank you. We got there. Um, <laughs> the food the network is a thing. So the food. A lot of maybe Food Network did something on this. I don't know. I didn't. We find can say it they did it research. for sure. <laughs> um, but they did. Uh sit down with the two screenwriters which is will tracy and seth reese those are their names and like talked all about it and they had like two sides of the coins in the writer room like one of them is a self-described foodie and the other person is like very skeptical of that and so like they came together for this and i think it was good to have it balanced because you need to have like the knowledge of the foodie lifestyle to like stick the landing on this one. Yeah. I mean, I think it is really interesting the way that they super committed to that in this film. They also had all of the actors playing the chefs in the kitchen, like very much so trained on how to actually make those dishes so that whenever they're cooking in the background or cooking, like, you know, in the foreground on screen, um, they're doing what actually a real chef would be doing to prepare that dish um, which I think is really interesting in context of like the thesis statement of the film, um, as a whole, but I mean, they, they just start off by making you think this is like a normal fancy people restaurant experience at first. Um, and I think things start to really like sink in maybe, um, not quite totally yet but like the breadless bread scene is where I think people started to go like okay something a little funny is happening here maybe like I do feel they're being rude on purpose a little bit but yeah is that just his vibe we don't know maybe this is what these people want until they all start to be like okay but like for real can I have some bread and they're just like no and go fuck yourself a little bit go fuck yourself a lot yeah like that the, she's making like a like a political statement right like being like mm -hmm. um the bread is the bread of like the masses. for the people yeah. for the masses and y'all aren't the people y'all aren't the masses you're the upper echelon whatever in scare quotes um and so you don't deserve to have that because it's not for you brilliant um i love 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 in that scene when um the tech bros are like okay but actually give us the bread do you know who we are like that mm -hmm. kind of fucking bullshit immediately like really it's really early um to be pulling the do you know who literally we the are. second dish yeah yeah and it's revealed that they are they work they say work with but actually work for um the guy who it funds the entire restaurant is that how you say it invest yeah doug yeah, Merrick, the angel investor the angel investor that's what it is um and i just love i'm gonna get the quote wrong but when um elsa the main hostess mm -hmm. like turns to to the one guy and whispers in his ear like you'll eat like 
you'll eat less than you desire and more than you deserve or something mm-hmm. like that. Is that what she said? Oh yeah. my God. And he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like they ask for more bread. She literally tells him you deserve absolute shit. You're lucky to get what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lillian Bloom, the food critic, is over there being like this broken emulsion. And then they're like, guess what? Here's a whole big ass bowl of broken emulsion just for you, girl. What do I you think that. of that? Oh, I love how petty they get with her. I also am so obsessed with her and her uh, little partner um in this scene she is so Lillian is played by Janet McTeer and Ted is played by Paul Adelstein and um he is just such a fucking yes man for her it is so funny because he's basically from a magazine you can imagine it's Bon Appetit or something like that um and the whole like dinner is is on them and she's there because um Chef Slowick texted her personally and asked her to come. So he was literally like, and you will die the most. <laughs> I won't do it unless you're there to die. Um, And she is just like, so a caricature of the food critic. She's so good in this. Like her outfit, her whole look, her hair. She's got that like fancy artistic older lady thing down pat is so good. But like she's- every oh you go <laughs> no she's just she's gorgeous in this role um so but yeah gorgeous. I mean she is trying so hard to set herself apart from everyone else in that way also like the moment like, where I she's like this. yeah the rock or the scallop or whatever it was where she's like it's thalassic and he's like what and she's like oceanic like the god thalassus of whatever that might not be quite the right word because I'm not her I don't know these things um that was so funny yeah I mean I think that you know it is always great to learn new words and I think if you know cool words you should use them so that other people can hear about them but I think she is specifically trying to find a word that nobody else knows so that they'll have to google it and be like oh my god she's so smart like wow oh my god look at her she's trying to not communicate with her audience not reach out across to her audience she is trying to set herself apart from her audience by being like look at these things that I know that you don't know oh the emulsion it's broken oh the oyster it's the lassic etc like and ted has like no like organic thought this entire Mm -hmm. time he's like you can see him like looking at her like trying to like glean what she thinks before he says anything and when he does say something it's kind of open-ended and then she interjects with what she thinks and he said exactly that's just exactly what I meant was thinking as well like he's honestly really good at it of making it Mm -hmm. seem like he's stating an opinion but he's just waiting to agree with her (laughs) it's so good oh man like the the nuances and the performances in this like had me like giddy in the theater (laughs) Chelsea earlier you were like I don't really know who these actors are but like they look familiar did you ever see, I figured out who uh, Lillian, the actress, is. Did you ever oh. see Me Before You, the Sam Coughlin no. and Amelia Clark one? Is she in that? She plays yes, she Will's mom in that movie. Mm. And I only know about that movie because fucking TikTok, when they like clip the entire movie, I watched like half that movie <laughs> <in> TikTok <laughs> clip. I was, I was like, why am I doing this? I Sorry, spent keep going. Thursday night 
sobbing to these TikToks. <laughs> I'm like, and every time they pop up, I have to watch them. And I'm like, why oh, do no, I do this Is that to how myself? you saw it too? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's probably because I liked all of them. I'm so sorry I sent that to your algorithm. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's a problematic one. <laughs> I clicked on Paul Adelstein also to be like, who is he? Which is what I thought you were going to say and where you were going with this. Because he was in Bedazzled. Um, He was one of the like, side characters who keeps popping up in all the other various different worlds yes. and bedazzled. I thought he looked familiar from this picture, not from the movie and like from his picture on IMDb, excuse me. Um, And it's a little uh confusing one because he, I thought he looked like Chris from Gilmore Girls. Is that, is mm. Chris the dad? Yeah. The dad I mean, Gilmore he kind of looks like Chris. Christopher. He kind of looks like him and Christopher, that's what it is. That's why Chris didn't seem right. Christopher. Chicken um, Chris and then I was like, Lorelai. Yeah. Well, I'm they're, not on you know, a Chris on a level with basis. him. Sure. You know what I mean, I, I shouldn't be going. <laughs> I should be more together. formal. I yeah. should be more formal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's certainly not him. But he was on Scrubs, and I watched Scrubs, so that's mm. probably another way. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is the this movie. He's an the- Imposters, also, which everybody should watch. Imposters is great. Yeah. You guys haven't watched it, I guess. I'm taking by that silence. Uh, I'll have to make you watch it sometime. I have not. Well, at least the first season it got canceled up too early if you ask me but anyway I'd, this movie i'd try it for you but okay. back to what you were saying chelsea about like when you first start to realize that something fucked is going on um like it's so clear it's not super clear but there's like little hints leading up to that even that there's something weird or like at least the vibes of this whole island are a little um nasty and and it's just completely ignored by the whole group because they're so used to like the power dynamics being how they were like as they go through the tour of the entire island they show the fucking barracks where they all live together Mm -hmm. and the toilet doesn't have doors around it and they just live Mm -hmm. in little bunks next to each other and they sleep four hours a night and everyone's like how interesting they must love that like (laughs) like no one's like this is a cult (laughs) yeah he's like don't you get burned out and she's like burned out like she's never even heard the words before she's like this is our fucking passion so actually we hold ourselves to very high standards and so does chef and we rise to the occasion every single moment um which you know I think is really clear both in how things come together and also in the fact that they're gonna do like a giant murder suey with everyone so murder suey oh my god love that turn of phrase (laughs) oh it's from obvious child which is also a great movie that everybody should watch but (laughs) just a little murder suey yeah a little um, one i think i just love the way that the movie is set out i already said it but the, the menu items how they all come out and the little descriptions are just so 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 funny i also just want to give a little shine to grandma or mom i guess um sitting in the corner getting fucking wasted the entire movie um love mm-hmm. her she's drinking lambrusco and i love lambrusco so i love lambrusco love we love lambrusco this is a lambrusco household <laughs> <laughs> we will not be shamed into liking lambrusco over here or yeah. into not liking it it's a bubbly red wine that is lightly sweet and it is delicious <laughs> Some would say it's not fancy enough, but they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. I just like a little bubbles. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting watching this movie because, like, I really like to eat 
crazy food. Um, <laughs> it's one of my passions is to eat. I'm a self-described garbage disposal, so I will try anything, like no matter what it is, no matter what type of part of the animal it is, anything at all, I will try. Um, and so I like going to like new restaurants and that sort of a thing. Um, but it's really interesting because like there's some that are just so, 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 so fancy and there's so much going on and you get two little bites of food and it's so much money, you know, um, and I'm not even close to getting to this level where they're like turning every the food into a snow or they're doing like a. <laughs> I don't even know, like, what what's the thing when they put it into, like, a little the fish egg almost thing? The, yeah, oh, the, the mignonette or whatever. Paco Jet turns it into a snow. I learned that from the articles that I read. I don't, I did not <laughs> know what that was before, to be clear, to be clear. It's um, like a very fancy blender at super, super frozen shit or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It, turn, it can do ice cream and sorbet and snows, apparently, cool. according to the article that I read. Gorgeous. Um, but there's also the thing where they like turn the food into like a liquid form of it and then mm -hmm. they put it in like a little jelly and it's kind of like a salmon roe and it bursts in your mouth and it tastes like a lemon the or alginate. something. Yeah. The alginate, yeah. Like the like the freaking um oyster thing that they got on the on boat. The boat. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a little beyond me. I, I really related to Margot in the way where she's like, I'm fucking hungry still. I'm just like, I want to eat. I will eat fancy food, but like, it's got to fucking fill you up. You don't want to spend a million dollars to still be fucking starving unless that's your kink, in which case good for you, I guess. But like, that's not mine. Not mine. <laughs> we will not kink shame me. in this house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I think if you have infinity dollars, why not pay 1200 for very little food? Um, but you're on an island, so it's not like you can just like stop at McDonald's on the way home. Yeah. I mean, I it's one thing like to be like this they is got an to experience. sleep at the island and have a little slumber party over there, then it would make like a little bit more sense to me, but it doesn't seem like there was a slumber party set up anywhere for this thing. I think they just go home afterwards. So they, seems a little thought. Yeah, well, they would have. <laughs> In historically they did. Historically. <laughs> so things have sort of been suspect throughout the meal so far, but things get really uh on the nose when Taco Tuesday comes around. Um <laughs> And I just love every time um, Chef goes up and gives his little speech because it's it's always so funny. But this one was so fucking disturbing. He's like, ah, yes. One time daddy came home and he was terrible and he hurt mommy and then he tried to hurt me and I stabbed him in the leg with some kitchen shears and I should have stabbed him in the throat. And everyone's just <laughs> like, ha 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 ha. He's so eccentric. Ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> but I <laughs> And I love it. really hard to roll with it for so long in this movie. They're like, wow, we love he's a genius. He's an eccentric chef genius. It's fine. Right? 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 Guys? Honestly, I do think, okay, now that you say that, I do think the like myth of the asshole male genius lent itself really well to the customers like playing along for so long in this movie like I think yeah a female chef would probably not be able to get away with it so much um 
But the whole thing where it's like, if a man is a genius, we allow him to kind of behave however he wants in the name of his like art, quote unquote, sometimes. Um, And that's probably why they like, he's directly insulting them to their faces. Anya Taylor-Joy is the only one calling it out at any point. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's being an asshole to them, but they're all just like, well, but look at what he does. So it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this movie is largely in part like a big like teardown of like that like revered male chef who's a total fucking asshole and can get a, get away with whatever. I mean, like there's been so many more exposés coming out recently because people aren't taking that shit so much anymore. And I want to bring that up later when we get to later part of the menu. Um, but I also think that it's no- interesting to note like that they had the chef actually behind all of this food like in reality like for Mm -hmm. like in the preparation is a woman and so i feel like that was probably a nice like uh change of of pace i feel like i feel like if it had been a man it would have been like too i don't know i feel like that would have been like being like this is like saying a little on the nose maybe more yeah you know so i'm really glad it was dominique kren um but yeah, I, I love the little scissors and all the chicken thighs. I think it's fucking hilarious. We love um, a literal joke like that. Also, it reminded me of Us, um, the movies by Jordan Peele. So love a little horror homage. Probably wasn't the intent, but whatever. Um, but I love the idea of tortillas that are made to say fuck you. <laughs> I want to know where he got all their information from. How did he get all of it? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is um, pretty easily attained, actually. And that's like our first clue of why everyone is there. Um, Because, you know, Nicholas Holt's character, Tyler, his tortillas have the pictures of him taking the pictures of the food, which he was specifically told not to do and decided to do anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. Judith Light and the guy, um, they have their various tortillas picturing them at that same restaurant over the years and some of him with another lady hmm, i wonder who that is and what that's about um the that would, Lillian... would be easy to get that info too if he just hired a private investigator to follow him you know well also i think like is it implied that that was literally all at hawthorne also you know what i mean i think it, it those could have just been like times they were at that restaurant um i think that um, Lillian Bloom, hers was like all of the reviews she'd written about restaurants that had closed, or like the restaurants themselves, maybe that she'd written the reviews for that had closed. No, um, basically, her review got those restaurants closed. Right. Um, yeah. And then at um, John Leguizamo's table, it was like just the Mr. Sunshine poster. Um, and then the oh, finance guys, I know, um, the finance guys had the tax documents or the fraud. De- defrauded whatever that would be what would be literally literally in island (laughs) really communicating it super clearly to the audience but i mean that would be the one that would be hard to get and um we know from just a few moments later that they have doug varick who's the guy that they work for who also presumably they were like well if they try to turn on us like they'd have to turn on doug it would take the restaurant down like it's mutually assured destruction so they think it's fine. Um, but it is actually extremely mutually assured destruction and everybody's going to get destroyed. So, I mean, once you've got 
Doug there at your mercy, basically, given what we see happens to him, I don't think it would be terribly hard to, you know, extract some truths and documents and proof. Oh, yeah. yeah, they have him held hostage. They can get whatever they want, probably. He's probably <laughs> a little bitch, so. <laughs> um, When forced to give up all of his friends to save his life, he'd do it in an instant. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I I just I, I I think that part was so genius, and I like how excited he was about his new toy too. He's like, "Yeah, we just got this laser thing, and we tried it for the <laughs> first time today. Enjoy your tortillas." <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think... funny though. Oh my god, when they go to Elsa, the tech bros, and they're like, "What mm-hmm. the fuck is this?" and she's like, "It's a tortilla, a tortilla muy deliciosa." <laughs> Yeah, oh I mean, she's so facetious. The it best. is, it's a perfect line reading. It's a tortilla. What is it? Tortilla. Like the way she really yeah. leans into it. Um, and people have asked her to do that on a lot of red carpets recently because she's also fully nominated for an Oscar, not for this role, but for something else. Um, but oh, she's nice. not doing it on the red carpet for anyone because she knows that the way that she did it in this movie is flawless and you have to just see it in the movie to get that experience. It can't be recreated out of context. Yeah, come on. We all know this. <laughs> oh, man. And so, okay, so later on um, we get, you know, the choppy chop of the adulterous uh, man's finger, which is great. Let's people know. Um that the stakes are high. You could lose a digit at any moment um, if you try and to And, of escape. course, they take his wedding finger. Yes. Right? The symbol of the ring. Yeah. This man it, sucks. And also, like, it's a blink and you miss it thing at the very end. But, like, just to bring it up really quickly, they all get gift boxes at the very end or gift bags at the very end. And each gift bag has a piece of his finger in it. Just saying. Um... <laughs> So it comes back around. Where's the finger? It's in the gift bags. Don't worry. They used it. <laughs> Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. But even then, like the, the, um, oh, what's her name? The name of the, um, critic, the food critic, Lillian, Lillian Bloom, Lillian. Lillian, when his finger gets chopped up, she's like, just incredible acting. Don't you think? Like <laughs> she is so down to believe this lie, but I get it. I get it. In a way, yeah, it's like comes from a place of her being like, nothing bad could ever happen to me. But also, you don't want to ever, like, you don't want to ever believe that you're in a scenario where you're about to be killed, you know? So if you want to live in that lie for a little bit longer, that like, yeah, that like, oh, uh, everything's fine. It's just um, a horror themed night tonight. So (laughs) it's just all corn syrup. Don't you worry, you know? I get that. Uh. <laughs> Isn't there a her. moment, even after um the bit with the sous chef, the mess, where someone is still like, is this real? Like, they're still, like, trying to hold off that um reality for a little bit yes. longer. The same thing. That part's so sad. The guy literally commits suicide in front of everyone because he'll never be great like, like chef. Like oh, slow God. It. 
Okay. I mean, I think cat's a little out of the bag. Obviously, we've hinted enough. We haven't explicit well, I guess I said murder suey. That's pretty clear. Um <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the cat's been out of the bag. The cat's been out of the bag. Um the whole premise of the movie is that all these people are invited here and then the whole team of um chefs is taking the whole boat down with them. Um it's so interesting to me the way that they like parse it out though over the evening like the way that they the the people become the menu um in that way as well where mm-hmm. like the why is that sous chef like highlighted earlier on you know what I mean like the angel investor obviously makes sense he's his own thing he's getting his own moment um but that the sous chef is like called out and highlighted is so interesting to me not just because it's like that he's not great and he'll never be great even though he's good it's also like I think kind of really getting at the explanation for why everyone is doing what they're doing later on and they give you a taste of that in the moment before you know what's coming exactly um to be like well we're all miserable we've all dedicated our lives to this we already told you we're all only getting four hours of sleep we're shitting in front of each other there's nothing else for us to do like there's no way to have a family and to like have a world outside of this at this point what the path from here leads is to be chef julian slowick and like look at him he doesn't even want to be chef julian slowick anymore so like do you want his life that's what you'd be working towards if you continued on this path the the sous chef is like no i don't want his life therefore like you know they're at the point where they're like well i've dedicated enough time to this i've put all of my everything into this and turns out i don't even want it and it's gonna be miserable no matter what so like sure murder suey it is yeah and i also think like with with that specific guy in the mess like they needed a way to introduce the horror and, and let the like as part of the menu as if you're seeing it like a play or something they need to like up the stakes and so it was probably because they're all in this cult and they all like have to like respect each other enough to like be in on this together you know <laughs> um if you're gonna really commit to doing this big heinous crime um you're gonna commit you to believe the bit. it you've got you to believe it the bit. they're like here like you have the honor of dying first on center stage to horrify our guests as part of the beloved menu. And like, it was probably an honor for him to die in that way with the spotlight on him, (laughs) but also sad because he doesn't get to get covered in mushroom fluff in the end. Poor guy. (laughs) Honestly, what we all want to do at the end. Oh yeah, totally. Um, But yeah, I mean, we, Later on, we we get to see um, the angel investor drown to death um, in the water with angel wings, um, which was very horrifying. And I have to assume they had weights on his feet. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone down that easy. I was thinking about that logistically. I'm like, how's he drown so fast? (laughs) Beautifully done. Um, But like at that point, you know, they can't think it's acting anymore. Because, like, why would their boss... They can see that that's their boss. Why would he be in on this joke? He wouldn't be. So they know the truth then. Um, but I think one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is the men's folly course. Um, because that one's really on the nose, too. Um, I was in my research. I'm not, like, super up on, like, what's going on in the chef world these days. Um, 
I like to eat food. I don't care about these people that much except for Anthony Bourdain. Um, R.I.P. to the one true love of my life, Anthony Bourdain. And Jonathan Gold, too. My oh, one true love. Make me rest in peace. My favorite thing that we would do was just go and pick Jonathan Gold like restaurants and be like, let's try this. Let's try yes. this. Let's try oh this. Oh, my God. My he found so many great gems in LA, and that's what's so great about him too, because he didn't believe in the folly of like this movie so much. He he found places that were really great that didn't have all this artifice, you know? Right? Like just because you're not making foams and anything like that Gels. doesn't mean twills, lace twills doesn't mean that like your food <laughs> doesn't deserve to be on like this is fucking phenomenal list. Yeah. No, I loved that about him. But anyway, so I only care about like two real people chefs. Maybe I'll care about more if I learn about them. I also like the um that guy who dreams of sushi. I like him too. I think that's also David Gelb who did that movie. Um, you just gotta start who... watching Top Chef with us when we start watching Master it again. Chef Junior. I'm on. I'm on my way. <laughs> I I've started watching Great British Baking Show. Okay. Great British Bake Off, as it should be called still. Um, and so I'm really enjoying that. So maybe we'll see. But I don't want to get into like the toxic culture of it too, because that's what I learned like doing research on this. There's been a lot of exposes coming out lately. And I remember there was something with Emerald a while back too, but like same thing that's happening in every other um like famous people circle. Like people are coming out being like this person is abusive, this person is a sexual assaulter, this person is this, that, and the other thing. So that's why I thought the male, man's folly um, segment was so on the nose because it's this one um, of one of the sous chefs comes out and she's like, Chef Slowick like made advances towards me. I said no. And then he tried again. And then I said no again. And it was really uncomfortable. And he wouldn't look me in the eye for an entire year. And he's a fucking idiot. Um, And I just love that. Like Chef Slowick is a lot of things. But I love that he was like stabbing the dick. Like I don't think he was actually stabbed in the dick. But at first I thought he was stabbed in the dick. And I was, it was so in his side. I thought it, <laughs> it was, was in his, his dick thigh. too. But it was absolutely in his side. And I was like. Yeah it was in his okay. side. He's bold but he's I'm not that bold. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't think he would have been able to finish the menu uh, <laughs> if it had been a dick stab. So and everything's been so enough. calculated carefully. Yeah, but I just, I didn't realize how much that, that has been coming up in, in the, the chef world, in the culinary mm-hmm. world, um, which obviously it is. Of course, I just, like, don't get that in my news feed. Um, sure. So that was a really, really on-the-nose part of this movie, and I really loved the girl who plays that sous chef. Um, it's so funny. What, what's her name? Her name is Catherine in the movie. Her real name is Christina Brucato. Um, they let all the dudes go try to run away. Like they really think they can get off this tiny deserted island, but like let them try. That's great. And they're just so quick to leave all the ladies behind. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever, bye. Um, except for Nicholas Holt, who's like, I don't want to miss any food. <laughs> you like, guys are eating in here? The way he's like peeking in the window while they're eating. So fucking funny. But I love the girl talk around the table and they're like all trying to like get Catherine to like set them free. They're like lady to lady. 
we're gonna figure this out right girly like girly pop we can make this happen for you like fucking Lillian is like I could help you get your own restaurant don't you want that and she's like Actually, I'm the one who decided y'all should die. <laughs> Actually, this was my idea. And I'm really proud of it. <laughs> and then they all just go quietly back to eating their food. They're all like, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, it is so interesting. He calls it out at one point later on where Chef Slowick is like, why have none of you guys tried harder to get away? Like you maybe yeah. you even could have, but why haven't any of you tried? I mean, other than the rich guy getting his finger cut off and like them that running away when attempt. invited to run away, they really just go with it so much. And I mean, I think Seriously? a lot of it I think a lot of it is like um you know how much have they really had to do for themselves over the years they are all very wealthy people and so they are all very accustomed to their money being able to make things happen for them whether it's like buying themselves out of an uncomfortable situation or like hiring someone to do their heavy lifting for them it just doesn't compute really that they would have to like actually be hands-on involved and also, I think a lot of them, like, just do genuinely hate themselves and their lives kind of the same way that all the chefs do to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so interesting. Like, particularly with the old married couple, um, they – it's it's so sad because they've got, like, this – all ev- they have everything on its face, but they don't in in – they're not happy. They're so happy, not happy. And they spend all this money on this like insane fancy experience that would be a once in a lifetime thing, if even for any other type of person. Um, And they like have gone 22 times or whatever, and they can't remember a goddamn thing about it. Like, it's just like, it's so depressing. And whenever they try to talk to each other, it's so depressing. They have nothing like, to oh, say. I saw Harry McPherson the other day. Oh, how was that? Oh, you know, he was hairy. That's it. <laughs> That's all they can say. That's literally it. Like, oh, God. It's so depressing. And their backstory is just so fucked up. I mean, one thing that we haven't talked in, talked about yet, but um, it's kind of like the crux of the whole film is Margot being there on the island. Like, she wasn't supposed to be there. Um, She's not Chef on Luke the menu. That she's not on the menu. Um, it was supposed to be some other fancy bitch, um, but she rightfully dumped Nicholas Holt because he's a fucking freakazoid. Um, and so he, poor Margot gets hired, ends up being hired to be there, which we find out later. Um, and like he, Chef Slowick, right, right away, like realizes she has like a different energy than the rest of these people and asks her to choose between being and I might mess up the wording on this being with the people who give and those who take that's what it's oh those who give and those who take um so those who give are the people working at the restaurant and those who take are the the restaurant attendees or the um customers um and I thought what I thought was really interesting is like chef Slowick obviously ropes himself in or like considers himself one of the people who give 
but there's also still such like a like disparate power dynamic between him and the rest of his like crew like he lives in a big fancy house and they all live in these barracks like they respond to his big scary clap and say yes chef and all this stuff and so it's kind of like funny that he's like we're the same but like he's not the same as the rest of them I mean yeah they're all like on the same Shit page shovelers. to do this but like he's obviously the leader and gets treated the best because of that so interesting yeah I mean I think it is interesting because obviously like you're saying he's kind of in a different tier the power dynamics are different but he is still a provider of experiences um which is really what he gets at in his conversation with Margo is like do you still enjoy providing the experience and the service that you do and she's like not really anymore like I did I used to but not so much these days in part because we see like she had this bad customer this old man who's there at the restaurant as well and he's kind of in the same boat and it's kind of the same thing with the tortillas earlier like he says in that moment something like you have to keep innovating in this business like you can't ever just keep doing the same thing you always have to do more you always have to find something new yeah yeah otherwise you're going to be made to like just disappear into the background you'll fade into obscurity so you always have to be doing something crazy and it is exhausting and it is tiring and you are trying to serve a clientele yeah you're trying to serve a clientele who will never be satisfied because they Mm -hmm. always need the next new most exciting thing to say like I've had that and I'm like Mm -hmm. the top most person who's done the most seen the most had the most um and I mean, I think it's 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 so interesting the conversations that he has with her at points where he's just like, "What are you doing here? I know what a bad customer is." Like that exchange, I loved. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, he asks her to choose who are you with, and she's just kind of like, "Oh, like actually, I think I don't know. Actually, I think you were so right when you said I don't belong. So like, maybe I should just go." Um, but and he's like, no, you're still going to die no matter no. what. Just who are you going to die with, baby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, But I think it makes it easier to make her decision or it's like it's not so overt that she she makes a decision herself. She kind of like gets adopted into the um the givers instead of the takers. But um, when it's revealed that Nicholas Holt like knew about this the entire time, it's so such an insane part of this that he's like so obsessed with this chef so reverent for this chef has such like a parasocial relationship with this man that he'd never met before um that he's willing to like assist in a murder of all of these people just so he can eat all this fancy food and be like liked by by this chef and he's not even liked by the chef because who could like him he sucks <laughs> but yeah the fact that he didn't only know but that he's been like in communication with the chef for eight months is crazy and the way that first of all that he thought he could do this whole elaborate plan and then just swap somebody out at the last minute because the chef doesn't take seatings for one like i mean that truly spoke to like how absolutely terrible fiendish really um he is but i i 
think the thing that is so interesting about his character is that like he is the appreciator he's the one that like is there out of love for all of these things in theory yeah Um, yeah but he is just like no soul yeah he's just like consuming things mindlessly like they call him into the kitchen to try cooking at one point they're like you've seen every episode you've watched all the tv shows surely you've learned you have a pocket jet yeah, you have a Paco Jet. Clearly, you know how to do something, or you're supposed to. Like, go ahead, show us. Yes. But Adam he's... looked up how much a Paco Jet costs, and it's like four grand. By the way, Damn. just saying. Classic. Sorry. Um, <laughs> he is the guy who takes you to the magic show and goes, "I know how this trick is done," and tells you how every trick is done or every illusion is done with no appreciation for the actual art that is created or the entertainment that is created. Like he's there to be the expert, not to appreciate the art. And like, yeah, it seems like he's the appreciator smarter than everyone else, Mm -hmm. but he's just there to like fanboy. Basically. He's not actually like sitting, tasting the food, appreciating it. He's just no, there to I, I be disagree. like, really? I disagree with that. Oh, no, because he's like orgasming. Oh, my God. Oh, one of the articles I read referred to him as excruciatingly horny for the like whatever <laughs> for the experience. And I was like, wow, because he like does savor every bite and he like wants to taste every morsel and that sort of thing. And I think he does appreciate the food and that sort of a thing. But that I think that's where the, the flaw is for him. He appreciates that all over all things over everything else okay um and he appreciates like this like the the glamour of it the glamour of the chef like the like that he is this like mastermind or whatever creating this beautiful art that he loves to consume but he's like completely void of humanity he's like like doesn't even see Margot as like a person he's like that's how much he like devalues like one well sex workers or just people who are below him because he's like i'm willing to take this person here just so i can get what i want and i don't fucking care that they're gonna die like he like will live and die for this stuff um but he will live and die to be served this stuff he's still never gonna do it himself he still can't do it himself he talks about it all the time but he never could put in the work to do it himself so it's inter- it's really really interesting cuz i really do think he loves the food but he can't fucking do it he's untalented in that way he's just obsessed he's got no <laughs> skills but do yeah. you think he loves the food itself or is it like the idea of the food i kind of feel like it's not that he's like pretending on purpose but he's so into the idea that it's less about the food and the like flavors itself necessary i mean maybe it really is that good but like we see Margot being like the oyster thing like it was so much there was so much going on i just want the regular oyster um and he's like no you have mm. to have all of the things like blah 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 I guess I guess we're getting at the same thing, but just differently. Like he mm-hmm. loves the like innovation of it and like the frivolity and the fanciness of it. Like he likes that it's the fanciest version of an oyster that it can possibly be. The most like 
like I don't know gelled and whatever and Paco jetted whatever like version of it that it could be that it's not like the normal thing because he's better than the normal thing he wants like the like fucking two thousand dollars more expensive version of an oyster not like the average oyster and so yeah I I agree I think he loves what he's getting at Hawthorne because that's what Hawthorne is providing um but I think that like yeah if you were giving him like really 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 good hole in the wall food it's not like a love for food it's a love for the frivolity of this mm. type of food but he does love this type of food you know what I mean like but he loves that it's so unnecessarily complicated he probably. loves being hoity-toity he yeah, loves that it's unattainable loves... for everyone else and, yeah. yes totally and yeah, that he gets it, to be the right one who there. attains it uh-huh totally um yeah oh god but the the part when he cooks is just so fucking mortifying because he's like it goes from like his highest high of his life because he gets the fucking chef jacket he writes his fucking little name on it he's so excited and then just for you and he just has no fucking clue what he's doing in the kitchen at all and like I get the point of this part because he's such a fucking know-it-all, but like you can love food and not know how to cook it because it is a very good talent to have to be good at cooking and not one that everyone has. Um, but it's something you can definitely learn. Um, but it just so insane. And I just really wish I could know what chef whispers in his ear that gets him to yeah. immediately unalive himself. He must say the most devastating shit you can imagine. He's like, you're a little bitch and you're fucking terrible at this. You know it all fuck. And then he's like, you're right. Honestly, it was probably <laughs> something more like not enough okay. salt. And he like killed himself. Like, <laughs> or, <laughs> or he just whispers in his ear, go kill yourself. And he's like, yes, yes chef. chef. <laughs> oh, God. that I think how, how they revealed that he hung himself to was like really um perfect it was just like that split second that she sees his body and she's like has to move on because she's trying to save herself now mm -hmm. yeah I mean uh, I love that he doesn't get to finish the meal with everybody else he explicitly is like cut off from that experience because yeah. he's revealed to have been horrible uh, I love that he has to die on his own and like after being told I'm disappointed by you by chef or whatever um yeah. but it is you know that's the moment that like frees Margo to become one of the shit shovelers and then just die differently um yeah. but I, he's giving her an out you know what I mean like Elsa says during that fight like I didn't forget the barrel and he needed you to go get it like he created that moment to like see what you would do with it basically like totally because he feels like she doesn't deserve the death that he's planned, I think. I mean, I don't want to give him too much credit, but... um, I think he's curious also. He's yeah, like, he's like, interested. Oh. Like, I've never met... Like, she ma obviously makes him so uncomfortable because he hasn't been confronted with someone like her in such a long time because, like, he doesn't get that kind of clientele with the price point. Like... Um, someone who's not moved by a bunch of little dots on a plate, you know? Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's really, their dynamic is really, really interesting. Um, and 
I do feel bad for Elsa though because she tried so hard. Um, and I feel bad that she doesn't get to die in her big marshmallow explosion. She really wanted that. She did does suck, but I I I didn't. I feel bad for her that she had to be stabbed in the throat. <laughs> sure. Well, she didn't have to go like no holds barred wrestling with Margot on the floor. You know, she's the one that went after her to make it a point about the barrel. Oh, of course. She, you she can't replace me. Yeah. Yeah. I loved her outfit though. I just need to say that before. Um, I forget that yeah. I want to make it a point. But so her, the, her whole characterization and the bolo tie, gorgeous. Oh yeah, so fun. So she fought really hard for her characterization. Um, the original intent for that character was to be like super normie, like in like, you know, like a waiter kind not a waiter attire, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like just a very straight laced person. And so she had just been in, like, Portland um, filming something, and she, like, wanted to bring some of the, like, wacky weirdness of Portland to her character. And so she, like, fought really hard to, like, you know, do the no eyebrows, do the haircut, do the outfit, and with the little bit of funk to it. So she, like, kind of could stand out more and, and seem like a person, but still really, like, you know, obviously dedicated, not stand out too much. And, mm-hmm. like, the uh, director was not down, but basically she teamed up with the director's wife, and the director's Ooh. wife really liked it, and they, like, tag-teamed against the director and convinced nice. him, and so that's how she got to present that way, which I love. I thought that was a yeah. good choice. Also, the hair looked cool. We love a microbang. Incredible. What's not to love about a microbang? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I thought it worked to, I know the whole thing in the kitchen to some degree is like uniformity. Um, I thought as like the client facing person from the kitchen, it made sense that she would kind of be like highlighted a little bit. She's like yeah. setting the tone for their experience. Um, yeah. And the I think it makes just sense. as important of, as if not more than back of the house. Yeah. And, and great like, food and bad service and people don't want to come to your restaurant. Mm-hmm. And what they say in the sh- cooking world is presentation is half the dish or whatever. You know what I mean? So like her dressing herself up, her advocating for that Hong Chao, I think is really fun and cool. Um, Cause yeah, she is, cool. she killed it in this film. She's amazing in this movie. She's really, she, yeah. She's one of the best parts about it. So good. It's just, yeah, the whole, the whole cast really comes together and knocks it out of the fucking part. <laughs> I do think um what is there to be said though about Margot going to get the barrel and like going into chef's house and discovering that it is set up almost exactly the same as the restaurant itself like is he rehearsing so, in there is he like my home it. is my work it can't be separated it's identical it's like success. yeah I mean it's so interesting that she walks in and it's like mirror image well not mirror image because it's the same layout but like that it's identical there's there were so many things in this movie where I watched it and I'm like I feel like someone smarter than me is gonna have a lot of really cool fascinating interesting things to say about this film but the fact that its name is the menu meant it was a little hard for me to find articles about it because um Menu you know the menu word. movie yeah <laughs> just look up the menu movie i found like a zillion <laughs> i found a bunch but not the like kind that i was looking for exactly oh, um okay. the and 
I don't know. Maybe maybe if any readers find some cool articles um, or if you guys read other cool stuff, I would love to check it out. But that was one yeah. thing that I thought was super interesting. Um, but I also just that part aside, when she goes into past the silver door, the secret silver door, and she finds like his private area. Like, I thought that was a really interesting glimpse into part of this movie um, because like the moment with the sous chef earlier where he says like, would you want my life? And the sous chef says, no, we get a glimpse of like why that might be because we see that photo of the chef with what looks like a wife and a child that clearly are no longer really in the picture. Like you can have these things, but you can't hold on to them. If this is the kind of life you're trying to leave, it's like, what the movie is telling us no and the fact that his home which is supposed to be his private space is just the exact same Mm -hmm. as his workspace like that's his whole life there's no he keeps his past locked in a tiny little room you know like he fully lives and breathes this because like i don't know maybe the past is too painful or all of that but it's it's definitely uh, something to be studied by psychologists <laughs> um but i love that little picture i love that we had some pictures of young ralph beans so sexy just saying just to be non-thinky for a second very hot <laughs> non-thinky <laughs> with the so hamburger. sexy so mm-hmm. sexy <laughs> um I, I do want to, before we get to the end, put some shine on the boat part, though, where um the, the fake rescue happens. That oh is God, so, so funny. Oh, God, that was sick. That was fucking sick. Oh, to make them think that they've got their way out and it was all a joke. Like, the fucking gun being a lighter. The fact that he, like, drives it home that he hates that movie that the actor was in. <laughs> Like, call me Dr. Sunshine. I love that. The call me Dr. Sunshine. Like, the whole thing with that is that Chef had one day off and he watched that movie and it was so fucking bad and he ruined his whole day and it wasted his whole day. And so that's why that actor is there to die because it wasted his one day off like 30 years ago. Oh, oh my God. Something that I read that was really interesting. So... For uh, John Leguizamo's character, oh, Georgie Diaz, that's his name. Um, He based that entire character off of Steven Seagal, (laughs) who is still alive. So I was like, oh, he's saying all this stuff. Steven Seagal's probably dead. Steven Seagal is alive. He said, I modeled after Steven Seagal because I did a movie with him. And in rehearsals, he knocked me out and he didn't care. He's a bit of an asshole and a bully. And then he basically said that he also said in another interview that he's a horrible person. So basically, like, he has a grudge against Steven Seagal. (laughs) So he based his whole character after being, like, a washed-up action star trying to pivot into food stuff. I don't know if Steven Seagal's doing that, probably. I don't fucking know. Who cares? But I think it's so funny that he's just, like... Being openly petty in interviews. He's like, yeah, hey, Steven Seagal, I hate you, bitch. Like, <laughs> I would also do that, though. I feel like that is something that I would do in a heartbeat. Beef, 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 beef. Yeah, I mean, people in Hollywood sometimes play it, like, so nice because you want to protect your future projects that may happen or whatever. But I love when there is Hollywood beef. And I love that yeah. he was just like guess what fuck you you were mean to me you didn't even feel bad so yeah i'm gonna go out like 
he was like angry after a set and he pushed him into a wall and he hit his head and he knocked out oh damn so it was bad fuck you steven seagal i'll say it <laughs> john Leguizamo. <laughs> but yeah i mean the uh, colin dr sunshine thing is like point blank very very funny um but i think it's just like all of these people here robbed julian slowick of like his joy and like whether it was his joy on his one day off his joy for creating his joy for being able to run a restaurant and like have his own say in things like they say at one point the only reason he was able to like stay open during the pandemic was because of the angel investor so you know the angel investor is like seizing control in ways that um julian slowick obviously didn't care for which is why he said i'm free when he drowned um (laughs) The people who come in who just, like, eat the food mindlessly without even being aware of what it is. Um, The people who come in and try to demystify everything. Yeah, like, everyone here. His mom, who did not protect him from his dad, etc. I love that you just see her drinking, like, all throughout the back. She's just like, I know, like. And when they go out for the man's falling, she just, like, grabs the bottle and is, like, chilling by herself. She's like, let's go. Why not? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I love, I, I was laughing hysterically throughout this whole movie. Yes, it's a horror movie, but it's more of like a black comedy. So like it, I just, I was hysterical the entire time, but I was really giddy during this like final bit um, after the, the boat part. Cause the boat part was great, but like they just had hope and then it was squashed and then you watch the light go out of every single one of their eyes um <laughs> but i i love the hamburger part i just think that it's so funny like Margot finally like kind of figures out what his whole like modus operandi is what the chef is lacking and wants to like bring that to him to ingratiate yourself with him and just treat it like the restaurant he worked at when he was 17 years old mm-hmm. and happy. like that maybe that'll unlock something in him um and, this and it was food so was not made with love let me bring him back to when he had the love yes like that they, she uses all of the like uncouth things she's like i want to send this back like mm-hmm. i'm not i'm still and the worst part is i'm still hungry like that whole monologue is so good and then like the the whole montage of him making her asking for american cheese everybody knows american anything american is wrong uh, okay but he was like american cheese is the right choice because it, everyone knows it melts the best on the, the burger blah 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 like, and her asking so... for a medium I know that made me mad, but I don't eat (laughs) beef or beef. It's the only thing you can like get at the level. So I'm like, I don't know what I don't know. (laughs) I'm the medium rare girly, but you know, if you, as long as you're not a well done girly, you're fine with me. And if you're a well done girly, that's fine. But don't tell me about it. I just don't want to know. It makes me upset. It's fine, (laughs) but you should do it in private. It's fine. Just don't tell me. Just, just keep it to yourself. Just whisper it. We don't really have to quietly. talk about everything. Okay. <laughs> I don't need to know everything about you. Leave something up to mystery. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I love that whole like the fake like tenderness of that whole moment. I mean, it's real tenderness. That's what he's feeling. But like this movie is so outlandish at this point. It's just hilarious. And the fact that she like takes one bite, she's like that fucking rocks. And she's like, but my eyes are too big for my stomach. Can I take this to go? 
And he go by. <laughs> He's like, well, she's followed all the rules. Um, and as a giver of a provider of sustenance, I must follow. <laughs> and she literally leaves the tenor on the table. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, I love that he makes them all pay still. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought that um, it was, you know, interesting that she didn't tip. Um, But I loved that. I would tip either, you know. This service um, was not ideal. (laughs) I had to fight for my life. You're not getting a 20% tip. So sorry. Sure, 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 sure. Also, $10 for a burger is already an expensive burger. Restaurant quality burger. Um, But yeah, I I loved that she, I think you can just like see in that moment, she doesn't know how it's going to go necessarily. She's just like willing to take the risk and ask and like try in whatever way. She has literally fought for her life already at this point. Like she's the only one who tussled and killed somebody. Um, yeah. Which shows what she's willing to do, what she's willing to try. Um, But I thought it was great that he his whole thing is all these people stole joy from me you're not here on purpose why are you here and she's able to give a little bit back to him and so he's like okay yeah you can go you can take your burger and go so and that's so exactly amazing. what she does she's like bye <laughs> later and the, just the ending of this is so beautiful the montage of her getting away getting on the boat while they're set dressing the final dessert which the is chocolate cone s'mores. oh my god that was it's so a chocolate fez they're wearing chocolate fezes a beautiful marshmallow cape a dusting of graham cracker and i love that they literally plate the whole fucking restaurant with the little swirly Mm dudes that they put on the plate to make you feel fancy i don't know what those are called it's so fucking funny oh my god and i love that you know one thing i do appreciate um chef slowick is a fucking psychopath but he blows himself up first um he totally engulfs himself in flames first which is really really nice (laughs) but they're so resigned at that point they just let themselves die they All just sit the there chocolate melting down their faces yeah well, i mean what They're are you like really gonna do at it, that though. point that's the thing they all like break at the end and they like want it at the end like they're like hat they're like kind of happy like they're crying but like they look like they're looking at him with reverence do you notice that it's so it's so weird they're like yep oh yes chef whatever you want you know yeah they've kind of they're accepted their and i also like how uh margot aaron her real name uh at the end she's like looking back and judith light aka the wife of the guy that she was like sleeping kind of like gave her the head nod and was like no like you can go like you actually don't deserve to be here you don't belong here with us yeah you don't owe us anything you should save yourself i liked that women supporting women Maybe they learned something in the end. I don't know. (laughs) There's not going to be a sequel, so. (laughs) I mean, I do think um, there is a possible reading of the film a little bit when 
when the angel investor is being drowned and he says, I'm free, like, is he free of the angel investors, like control and influence? Or also is that, is that the first murder? And now they're like locked in, you know what I mean? And it's like, I'm free by all of the like expectations of continuing on keeping going. Like now I like, Mm. am kind of shrugging off all of these things at the end. Everyone is like resigned to what's happening that it's going on. They're like freed by this in some way um as well that's why they look to julian with that uh reverence like you said in their eyes like you know it's not that they were loving their life so much clearly yeah well now they'll be they'll all be weirdly famous as the diners of the people oh my god murder suey murder suey at hawthorne island Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) Okay, well, I guess it's time to get into our segments. So Mega the first question, always, oh my god, god damn it! <laughs> the first question we always ask is, how could this movie be gayer? Um, and I feel like maybe Chef would have been happier if he had fully expressed himself. You know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like there's something there, <laughs> something repressed, something unacknowledged. Chef is mm-hmm. a bisexual king. But does he I know mean, it? Has he confronted it? Yeah. He hasn't had time to because he's devoted he's his whole so life to this restaurant. Meanwhile, I feel like bed. Those... he just has the fucking kitchen in his house. <laughs> <laughs> those finance bros are go- giving each other like bro jobs for sure. I feel oh, yeah. like. Oh, bro jobs yeah. all day. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's not gay. It's job. just a bro job. Bro job. <laughs> um, but they're doing it. <laughs> Uh, Elsa absolutely wants Margot. Ooh, like, that's part of the tension. Hot take, hot take. Yep. I see that. Absolutely is like, I love you. I love you so much that I must kill you for ruining everything. Mm. <laughs> do I want you or do I want to be you? Do I want to destroy you? It's also entangled you know, sometimes. Feminine so desires. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I feel like um. Judith Light's character maybe is one of those women who never questioned or explored their sexuality at all. They just like dated men and had sex with men and married a man because that's what you're supposed to do as a woman, quote unquote. Um, And then it was just like, no, no women like having sex with men. Like no women are. Everybody always says like men are the worst. Women are so beautiful. Like she's a little bit like that, I think. She doesn't realize that her experience is actually not a straight experience. She's never, yeah. She's, she's just like, whatever. This is that all that it is. Asked. This is all yeah. you get. And everyone knows that this is how it is and thinks it's fine. That's so what I think for fine. her. Yeah. It would have also been interesting if Tyler was like, you know, the name and it was his ex-girlfriend. It could have been an ex-boyfriend. Mm. And he and then dumped he... Tyler because Tyler's the worst. Yeah, but I, but it could have been going. an easier thing because, like, you know, obviously they would have been like, you're not Mr. So-and-so. And Tyler had to, like, blah, 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 and be like, that's actually my ex-boyfriend. And then when we find out, like, she's a prostitute, it would, like, make more or an escort would make, like, more sense as to maybe why he brought her instead of, like, maybe another man that he was seeing or something like that. 
I I like this read, but I also think I have a theory where mm -hmm. like like that article said how he is excruciatingly horny for the food. I think that maybe he like isn't sexually attracted to people and just high end dining experiences. <laughs> That's what gets him going. Like he couldn't care less about who was going with him. He just cares about the dining experience. I dated somebody like that. But he could have like, like a that. psychosexual <laughs> sexual obsession with Chef Slowick, so that could be gay as well. So see, go either way. It could go with it. There's something happening there. There's something, There's something. there. He's just being the personhood of anybody. No. He's like, I don't need anything but my Paco Jet. <laughs> Wait. What <laughs> is and my it Paco could be Jet, baby? The LGBT. Uh... The T is for Tyler? No. LGBTQIAF <laughs> for fine dining. <laughs> <laughs> it's the LG. P T Q and the P is for Paco Jet. Paco Jet. <laughs> um, sorry to erase the bisexuals there for a second. It was just for a joke. Please don't worry. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, and the P stands for Paco Jet and not pan. <laughs> it's for the joke. Moving on. Um, yeah, I don't know who else is gay. I mean, John Leguizamo's done something. Oh, the um sous chef lady who stabs him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's the gay. Fully. She's fully yeah. gay. Yeah. She's not interested in him at all. She's like, I'm lesbian. How many times do I have to tell you that I stab you in the dick? <laughs> mm -hmm. I think we as women should get to stab a man in a dick at least once in our lives. Scary. Wow, terrifying. Just like bold what? bold proposition. <laughs> I'm I can't I can't comment on that. I don't know. We'll put it to a vote with the masses. Get it get it on the next election cycle. Somebody said last night, they're like, you know, maybe you should have been a mortician. Like maybe that would have been a great passion for you. And I just said, I don't know if I should be equipped with the knowledge of how to embalm a person, you know? Like I, feel I like don't know that I should be trusted I with that skill. <laughs> Maybe it's for oh everyone's best interest that I don't do that. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's too much power for one girly to hold. I still think you should get into taxidermy, though. The Lord knew that if I became a mortician and didn't work in radio, I would be too powerful. Sure. You would become a serial killer. <laughs> I would never be um, caught. Thank you. No, well, she'd have all the skills thorough. for how I to have all the skills. get rid of exactly. a body. Exactly, exactly. Her own crematorium, um, even maybe. The dream. That'd be cool. The dream. That would be really beautiful. Anyway, um, okay, is that it for how could it be gayer? I think. I think so. Okay, let's move on to where would Matthew Lillard fit into this movie? He could have been John Leguizamo. Yeah, I think for him. sure. He would have slayed as that. He would have mm -hmm. slayed. He would have slayed. I would have also oh, liked God. to see him as um, Todd, the man that works at the magazine that's like paying for everything and just like Ooh, ass kissing the, yes the man. food. Yeah, the food critic. Yeah. Yes. 
I also would have liked him in like a smaller role, the wine guy who like mm -hmm. is oh, just so constantly song. cheerful. Like they literally just shot someone in the head or something, and he's like, "But you should try this amazing wine, all yeah. from a single row of grapes. <laughs> We've really we decanted it for hours." Blah 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 blah. Like he just like does not break. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that could be fun for Matthew too. That guy does a good job, though. Um, and IMDb trivia says yeah. he starts out with a really French accent and then, like, progressively loses it over the course of the movie, which oh, I, I didn't, didn't notice, notice either. <laughs> um, but if so, great touch. Um, but speaking of small little roles, again, this guy also did a great job, but Maddie Lilly, I think, could have been the Coast Guard who comes in. Um, yeah. Might have been, like, a little too small of a role for him, where for a second you'd be like, is that Matthew Lillard? You know what I mean? Where, like, yeah, you know, sometimes if it's if it's too small of a cameo, then it feels for... like a cameo. Like yeah, it's supposed to be the actor in mind. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, it could have been fun still. Um, I I think John Leguizamo is like where I would want him to be though for sure. He's so good in this. He's amazing. Um, I feel like those are good placements. I love that. Um, okay, well, then that brings us to who's the dumb bitch in this movie, and it's Tyler. It's yeah. Tyler. He doesn't even Tyler, get to – he literally bitch. was like, I will die to eat this meal. I will kill someone to eat this meal. He doesn't even get to finish the meal because he's such a dumb bitch. Exactly. Also, he's so stupid because he, like, won't play the men's folly game, and he could have gotten that cool egg if he <laughs> – Oh, yeah. Had actually played the game. You know, and that looked really That's delicious. <laughs> For being the last one caught in the chicken coop. That's funny. The dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but like, really, like, you look up dumb bitch in the dictionary. It's a picture of him. Like, that's the most beautiful terminology for Tyler. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. Okay, then it's time for Knives Out of Five. So, how was this received by the populace? Um, it was pretty well received. It got 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 88% fresh from critics and 76% fresh from audiences. It did the festival circuit. Um, it won at least one award so far for Best Ensemble um, and has gotten nominated for a whole bunch of stuff. But I think also it's just like a really interesting film that's like pretty different from what else is out there. You know what I mean? It's very much like doing its own thing yeah. um when I saw it in the theaters I was really interested in how um it got to just tell like a moment in time basically rather than like a character arc story growth whatever blah 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 to just be like so wholly focused yeah. I thought was really interesting and like a cool strong choice um and One I thought mm-hmm um to be a film so much about creation and the process of creation and the love of art that you have or you don't have or you lose, um, I think that is really interesting for a bunch of actors and artists and people behind the scenes to in who create art to engage with as a theme. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like they really, really committed to it. Um, like you're saying with... Um, the bringing in an outside chef to really design these dishes like a lot of it they're and actually they were really cooking in the background mm -hmm. yeah I mean 
um nicholas holt did an interview where he's like usually you don't have to actually eat that much in movies but tyler's just like eating the whole time and they filmed it using roaming cameras that are like moving around so you're not sure like it's almost like a theater production in that way you're not sure if you're on camera in that moment or not so you just are like fully performing the whole time yeah the whole Um, cast was there the whole time too yeah so i mean it sounds like a really fascinating way to create this film um, and to put like so much of the love into it um, that they're examining is occasionally like missing from creating art and what happens when you're an artist who loses the love. Um, So I just think like that alone is like very, very fascinating. Um, But I also just think it's like fun and funny and well done. And I like have no real like, complaints or feedback at any point um I think for me um I am inclined to give it like honestly like I'll give it five knives out of fives because again I I don't have anything I would change I think it's fun it was fascinating it's fun to watch with friends like I watched it with two of my friends last weekend we had a really interesting discussion about it afterwards and like what do you get from it and everyone um kind of had something different that like resonated for them like one of my friends was like she didn't super get it until she was like I think that all the people there represent like one of the seven deadly sins basically and she like looked that up and found an article about that um and so like yeah so like for her like connecting it in that way like brought something home like I I didn't necessarily connect with it in that way um and I'll I'll share that article and I read it and I was just like well I would put this person as greed and like this person would be pride for me um but I just think, like, people are really engaging with it on their own levels. Um, and I don't know. It's For me, it's, like, Five Knives. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, this is a Five Knives out of Fives movie for me. I just think that I've been really, really, really jazzed in the last two years by all these, like, creative takes on a horror movie that we've gotten where it's not, like, the classic setup, the classic um execution of the movie not to knock anything that does do it the classic way around i fucking love that shit too but i i love like a fresh new take on what can be considered horror because i think this definitely is um i think it's so class conscious and i think it's so important to poke holes in things that are held up on such a pedestal like the food the fine dining industry is so hoity-toity people take it so fucking seriously like like life or death that's how they take it um and this makes it literally life or death and I think that's that's so funny and and it's important to take a step back and look at something that like maybe even you love and be like oh it is a little silly that we are taking eating so seriously like it's the thing we have to do to stay alive you know um but I I just thought that this cast fucking rocked I was hysterical in the theater and I was in a really fun theater too where people were like guffawing and yelling and all this stuff because it was just so, so funny um and and yeah I don't know I love it I think that the art of fine dining is beautiful art and you can do such incredible things and such creative things. But like, you know, you got to have balance in that. If you're only experiencing food on that upper echelon level, you know, you're going to forget about like 
exactly what food is there for to sustain you to comfort you to make you feel held in so many ways it can be so emotional and so I don't know I just think this was a fucking brilliant movie so five out of five for me I'm gonna do a four out of five I had a good time uh Oh, like I, I love like I love watching food shows. I love watching cooking mm-hmm. shows. Uh, the Monica is right. Like people that are like very into like cooking and like the food stuff are like really into it. And I like watching it, but I don't care as much. Know what I mean? Like sure. when people are like, "This is blah 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 blah," and I'm like, "I don't know. The texture's icky, so no, thank mm-hmm. you." Um. I wish somebody got eaten. I think it would have been, or I wish like somebody would have like did that. And then they could have made like a snarky remark of being like how this is like cliche or something like that. Like, cause I think that would have been eat the rich. Isn't that a little literal? Right. No, I mean, like, I think it would have been a fun like jab at not only like the class consciousness, but also horror in general and like what Mm -hmm. you're giving it. Um, Maybe I need to watch it. I only was able to watch this once. So maybe I need mm-hmm. to watch it again and I'll like it. But I was shocked that I liked it as much as I did. I didn't think I would I'm like it. I'm kind of shocked that you much. liked it as much as you did. <laughs> I'm glad that you did. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I agree with you. But also this came out the same month as, as Bones and all. So uh, it would have been a disaster if they had both been cannibal movies. So <laughs> yeah, you could never have enough cannibal movies in my <laughs> humble opinion. <laughs> Watch Fresh again and that'll bring that for you. <laughs> but no, that's a good score. That's a good score. The movie deserves it. That's great. Um. Well, what are we doing next week, Sydney? <gasps> oh, wait, hold on. We're closing the menu on the menu. That was lame. <laughs> We're wiping the ketchup off our mouths with the menu and with moving the menu. on to what comes next. Um, Beautiful imagery. We're sticking with the good black comedy theme of, you know, we did this. But next week, we're going to one of my maybe favorite movies ever. We're going back mm-hmm. to the 80s. We get young, sexy Tim Curry, and we get Murder, and that is Clue. Yeah, so incredible, so iconic, such a classic. It's such it's a classic. So it's so fun. It's so good. This movie just like this movie is so good. It's such a joy. I've only seen it once too. Really recent. Yeah, I watched it during like quarantine times. That was the first time I ever saw it. Did you watch it with us? It blew my mind. I think we did it for a spooky. I don't know. Maybe. You know me with my memory. (laughs) Who's that? No way to know. Um, It it very truly could have been with the spooky crew. That sounds about right. But yeah, I can't wait to watch it again. I recently put it on as a background fodder like for vibes uh, for a dinner party that I had, which I'll get into next week. So I looked at it, but I didn't hear it. So very excited (laughs) to put the two together. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's it for this week. And that's it for the menu. Um, Why not take the time to write us a review? 
um, a positive one, of course. You could be like Lillian um, in the menu and write something esoteric about us, um, but it can only be positive, unfortunately. If you write something mean that closes down Spooky Tuesday, you'll be cursed for a thousand years. So five-star reviews only on on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're also on social media. We're at Spooky underscore Tuesday on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. One of our reels went viral this week, so anything could happen. It's <laughs> wild out there. Uh, we're also on YouTube now, uploading all of our episodes there. So if you are a YouTube girly or boy or baby, then go there and have at it, babes. Um, we're also at Spooky Tuesday Pod on Facebook and Tumblr and at Spooky Tuesday on Letterboxd. Thank you for listening. Bye, Spookies. Uh, excuse me. Can I help you, sir? <clears throat> yeah, what, what the hell are these? These are tortillas. Tortillas deliciosas. Yeah, so what, what are these? These are tortillas, which contain Echo Bright's tax records and other documents showing how your company has created invoices with fake charges. How did you get these? I'm sorry, but Chef never reveals his recipes. <laughs> Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara, and our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg.